Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Brendan Flanagan, the CEO and founder of Smart Labs. Smart Labs scales B2B companies with growth marketing, positioning strategies, and creative, as well as offering services in content creation, strategy, web development, paid ads, SEO, video production, and design, and more. Brendan, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate. Thanks for having me on. So tell us a little bit about Smart Labs and what you do, you know, besides that little intro. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think when you hear the list, you're like, wow, that, that's a long list of services, but part of it really, I think, comes back to where, where we focus and what Smart Labs is all about. So to give your audience a little bit of introduction, Smart Labs is a, a marketing agency. We, we are focused on B2B businesses, scale their growth efficiently. If you think about marketing and all the disciplines, it's, it's a very wide umbrella from content to search, the paid to design, and there's a lot that goes into it. And we focus on those emerging businesses because they really are at a point in their growth where typically they, they either don't have a marketing department or their marketing team's relatively small. And so they need both the services as well as the expertise on what are the things that we should be doing within the marketing domain to move the needle, not five years from now, but move it here in the next 90 days, align with the bigger business objectives of that business. So that, that's our focus that we've been really based off of my experience and even prior to Smart Labs, but that has been our typical client for the past six years. Yeah, that's great. And part of the reason I kind of like having that you have such a, a great long list of, of services is when you're someone, you know, like me or, or so many other business owners who don't know much about the marketing field, it's nice to see that there's a lot of options because we know there's a lot of options. We don't know what those options are and we don't know which options are the best. So it's helpful that someone like you is able to provide all those. But for someone, you know, in a position who's, who's trying to build out a marketing department as a business owner, what do you think are some of the first pieces that marketing department should, should have initially? So what are some of the first pieces to build out there? I think the basic is to have a documented marketing plan, which surprisingly, there are companies that are much larger than a starter who they're either they or their marketing plan just kind of went out the window. They don't have a documented marketing strategy. And there's a lot of data out there that supports the value and having something that's documented and how that correlates with success of their growth and marketing initiatives. So document strategy is number one, that, that strategy should really be rooted in goals and objectives uh, of the business. So that doesn't necessarily mean that marketing is directly aligned with revenue, but there should be some sort of tie pipeline contribution as typically what we talk about with our clients, that there's a certain area of marketing coverage, but then there's also the element of how do we make marketing a, a functional business driver for growth. So having those goals and objectives. And then when we start talking about tactics or other pieces within the, the general plan, I would definitely, there's going to be some essentials, obviously, like you're going to need like a website or a refresh website that you can use as a part of your growth strategy. You're going to need your digital assets and whatnot. But before you even get there, really going back to that documented strategy, one element that should really be in that strategy 
is your your boilerplates, your value props, your positioning. I think the downstream impact of that is so scalable. And it's something if you're early in starting your business, especially as a business owner, that is just going to benefit all future hires you make and having everyone really understand what is the positioning of our business? Who do we help? Why do we help them? Why are we different from our competition? But I think those, those are the, the starting pieces of actually putting some effort into your marketing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Instead of running from you know, social media channel to social media channel and, and all the different pieces of marketing and having that strategy hammered out and figured out and, and having someone like you who can, who can help work out those, those pieces, I think is really important. So that makes a lot of sense. Without that, you're just going to be running around aimlessly, I would imagine, <laughs> running from Facebook to LinkedIn to Instagram and everywhere else too. So, Sure. Well, I can tell you from experience, like even prior to Smart Labs, with another business partner, I started a medical software company really at the time that EMR, electronic health records, were being rolled out uh, across the U.S. And during that experience, you have a lot of big competitors. And as a business owner, you're being conscious of your, your marketing and sales dollars, especially. And so I think the habit that people get in early on are the more the tactics before the strategy. And so, mm. you know, what I have found is they start testing usually through like an outsource web, let's try telemarketing, let's try paid advertising, let's try this. And one thing doesn't work, then they move to the next, that doesn't mm. work, then they move to the next. And I feel there's a lot of diminishing returns on mm. that effort. And there's a lot of variables that, well, maybe it was just the tactic, maybe it was just the message. And so that's why I kind of come back to really it's get the foundation right and that will pay you know long-term dividends for all the other tactics and efforts and that's a really important piece of it yeah for sure in my own experience i i was one of those people trying to figure out the tactics before figuring out the strategy i when i started the business i was like facebook ads are great i see facebook ads all the time i'm going into that and i spent you know a good chunk of change on that and got pretty much no returns so <laughs> i'm a i'm a great example of how how terrible of an approach that is so <laughs> i appreciate that sure sure hey if you if you uh you know if you go to a surgeon you're going to get surgery so i think <laughs> for business owners my advice is go to the the more holistic advisor your primary care before mm-hmm. you get to you know, all these other downstream channels that you can explore, I'm sure. (laughs) That's a great way of putting it. So when we were talking before the call, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the the entrepreneur side of things and the process of building out the business a little bit. What's that process been like for you specifically with building out a team and, and kind of the growth and the challenges with that? Yeah. So I started Smart Labs in 2014, I think. You know, at the end of the day, we're we're a services business, and there it was built on expertise, being really my myself and my prior experience. I realized building off of my experience of being an entrepreneur, understanding the levers to pull within marketing to actually scale it as a function knowing that like there are pieces to the puzzle that I can contract out as a, as a business owner, such as like the specialist type of work and what level of effort that would take. That's really where we grew from. And so my first hires were naturally more of 
a mirror of, of myself, meaning that really trained them to understand the options within the marketing channel to be proficient in a few, but really, really focus on how do you build a strategy? How do you build a campaign? We'll put all the other pieces together, but these things need to happen first. And so those were the initial hires for Smart Labs. Over time, there are certain, certain things that we learned that our clients really needed from us even more, I would say more operationally than from a, a strategic perspective. And so one of those areas was in creative and realizing that we can move much faster with our clients in terms of like building out the strategy and executing on campaigns when we have our own dedicated creative team that we can really build around our clients. And so from like a scale perspective and prioritizing the pieces that you, as you grow your business, focusing from the core, those were some of the early growth hires for, for Smart Labs. That's a cool process, kind of thinking through that. And it sounds like you put a lot of thought into, into doing that in a, in a responsible way, in a way that made sense. What are some of the pieces, I guess, you've learned in that process, whether it's related to finding the right people for those positions, whether it's keeping your people engaged, whether it's setting goals? I, I mean, when I talk to business owners about kind of building out that side, you know, hiring people in the positions, finding the right positions, finding the right people. I think that's a, it's a big area of fear for a lot of business owners if they haven't done it before. You know, am I going to find the right people? Are they going to be doing the right thing? And how do I keep them engaged? What have you learned or what insights can you give on that kind of side of things? How to, how to keep your people engaged, how to keep them moving and keep that process smooth? That's a great question. I, even talking to peers outside of the marketing world, just business owners, clients even, that's probably the the toughest challenge is finding the right people and, and finding the right people and putting them in, in the right seats for the business. Not only that, just deciding as you scale your team what which roles are needed. So first deciding, okay, what are what are the roles? When do we hire? And when we onboard them, how do we onboard them? What are the expectations that we set? It's it's a huge responsibility, right? I think for a lot of business owners, that will make or break their success for, mm-hmm. for their business long-term. For Smart Labs, like one thing I, I think is a, a lesson that, that we learned early on is I think you hire for skill and, and someone who kind of, you have like a list of attributes and whatnot. And I think what we missed early, early on was preparing someone for the next two to three years, even starting with the interview process. And I think once you really sit down and I talk about documenting out your marketing strategy, well, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there is an HR talent professional out there that's absolutely going to say, well, you should do the exact same because (laughs) you're really in the people business with your, with your talent strategy. And so like, I would highly recommend documenting what that talent strategy looks like from interviewing to what the first 90 days uh, are going to look like. What are the, what are the objective measures of how do we know if we onboarded someone successfully at Smart Labs? And for us, we have several certifications that someone needs to, to pass. And they're early in their marketing career. There's a certain number of tasks that they need to complete you know, with high quality and, and proficiency. 
but I'm not expecting the moon in the first 90 days, right? Mm -hmm. I really just want to get them into a role where they're going to be successful through these various stages. And so we, our talent strategy is really kind of uh, really been built off of creating that employee map of the next few years, the milestones that they need to hit. And then when we do performance reviews, really meeting with the team and, and checking against that map, are they at a level one? Are they at a level two, at a level three? And once it gets to these levels, that's how you get promotions. That's how you get other incentives that come with growth of the business and, and growth of the role. So well, I'll answer to your question, but I think it is definitely, I'm sure as your audience can relate, is a big challenge, especially like I'm sure many small businesses, especially you're wearing multiple hats. Like I am actively recruiting for smart labs and I'm doing more interviews. And so that, that can be a challenge when you're trying to balance the entire business as a whole. Yeah, that's excellent. Some excellent insights there. I think it's interesting when you think about hiring for some reason, it's often forgotten that you can be really specific with your documentation, with your process like that. You know, like when you think about an accounting process or like you said, a marketing process, I think we always think, yeah, I'm going to document that, have it really specific and written out and we're going to do it the same way every time. But when you think about HR, at least for people, like you said, who aren't in HR, I think it's hard to remember. It's the same thing. You can have a great process and really specific measurable goals for your people and for kind of that process to make sure that it's consistent, to make sure that you're meeting those outcomes. So that's some really solid insight there. So we mentioned before the call as well, when we were talking about, you know, kind of trying to stand out from, from competition, you know, whether, whatever business you're in, in small business, there's usually quite a bit of competition out there. How do you feel and, and what are your, your thoughts on, on niches and, and on kind of using those to stand out from competition, whether it's your own business or whether it's, you know, your clients, how do you kind of see those and the importance of those? Yeah, I think there's like really two directions and for, we can, I'll look at Smart Labs in this example for, for one of those. I mean, Smart Labs were at a broad category. I'm at a family function. What do you do, Brenda? It's, I run a marketing agency. Okay. I don't want to get into too much of the details about like what we do unless, you know, right. the, the conversation kind of spirals from there. But that category of marketing agency, there are thousands of companies like us, right? In this direction, my, my biggest advice is defining what your niche is. And you can get creative about how you define your niche, right? It doesn't have to be maybe a specific customer, right? Smart Labs, we have what we part of our marketing strategy and an ideal customer profile. And that customer profile is typically has these attributes, number of employees, revenue. This is what their marketing department looks like or, or lack thereof in terms of resources. And we've created a really specific client profile. And I believe that our first call and really the sales process is exploratory and understanding, can I even help this company. And I test that by looking at the attributes of our ideal client profile. And I don't mean, I don't have like a sheet of paper, but I know who our ideal client profile is and just understanding kind of like where the line might be and in terms of what they're looking for and, and if we can help. So I think we talk about niche, if you're an accounting firm, it could be you, know, you focus on companies at this stage of their growth. They typically have these challenges. And so that's one way to kind of niche down. That could also be by vertical and whatnot. The other direction that I mentioned, so two directions. This other direction is more of a strategy when, 
and I see why, from my experience working with a lot of like enterprise uh, or companies are selling technology to enterprises is almost to reinvent their category and define their, their category differently and in terms of like their, their service offerings. And then that's another way to differentiate themselves. So like, for example, would say, I'll take like a, a general example, like an, you're an IT support help desk software application company. Well, that, that category as a whole is extremely broad. Like there's ton, you search that, there's tons of competitors out there that provide similar services. Well, to differentiate your software company and not to be like everyone else and you can't compete on price necessarily, unless that is truly a competitive advantage, which is, is a very hard road for many to go down. Right. But to change the, maybe it's around a specific feature and reinvent their category and meet the category where it's at by maybe focusing on, we're not a help desk software company. We are a proactive chat help software company, <laughs> whatever it is, hmm. and, and defining what the problem is with the, the legacy category, so to speak. And so, you know, that's a little more complex and in terms of like building out a niche that you're going to expand on, but that'd be more of a category creation direction. Yeah. So it sounds like you're almost saying it's just as important to repel potential clients that are not a good fit compared to attracting the people who are a good fit for you. Absolutely. I think especially for like, even from experience and spark labs taking on clients are as early on that we probably should not have, taken on for for one reason or another and it's not that we can't help them and not that we can't be just as successful as any other company that has similar services but what happens is you start to dilute your strengths as a business and so because what's happening is you're going to put employees on that account and employees are going to start developing a a little bit of a different playbook than where you really want to take the company because they're understanding this company a little bit differently yet you really need your team and expertise and services built around this ideal client profile. Not that it can't expand over time, but early on, I think that's a mistake is revenue is revenue, right? And it's very, it's hard to say no, but when you, every time you say yes, early on, that one customer is going to dilute that niche and get stuck a little bit. And I can, I mean, I can say that from experience and I think a lot of business owners fall into that, but definitely a good learning lesson. Hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. So I want to wrap up with with one more question here. Thinking back to your your own business experiences and you know the different companies you've started and such, what's one insight you would share with Brendan of the past, with Brendan back before you know he was starting his first business? What are one of those things that you wish you had known back when you first were kind of getting into the entrepreneurship world that would also you know potentially be valuable to other people in a similar position? You know, I would say if I'm just starting a business, just, just starting a business, that, that documented plan for the business. And one thing in that, probably the biggest thing would be, I think everyone, a lot of people have, might have like a general documented plan when they start a business, but really deciding what are the key objectives, what are the KPIs of these different areas of the business that are going to be important to you as growth we think about marketing and sales or at least sales is a really early part of the business. But then there's also, you know, we talked about the talent strategy, how many employees by when, like actually mapping that out your trajectory for the business. That's something I would really 
measure yourself in your own performance review as you grow your company to use that. Not that it can't change, but use that as a tool to keep yourself accountable. I think that is a big one. There's a book that's called Traction, the, the EOS system. Highly recommend it. I think it's a, a great book for setting up what are the functions of my business? What are those KPIs? Even if you're a small business owner, I think you don't have, you're like a solopreneur just starting out. The book will just help you think about like, you know, some of those objectives and goals. I think it's really meant for a, a bigger company, but it's a good book that I, I recommend to other entrepreneurs for sure. Awesome. If we had video on, you'd see that traction is on my, my shelf behind me actually. So I'm partway through, so I haven't finished the whole thing, but it's great so far. So I, I agree with that suggestion for sure. Brendan, really great insights you have here, both about marketing and business in general. If our listeners want to reach out to you, learn more about Smart Labs, potentially working with you, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, Brendan Flanagan, and the company is Smart Labs, S-M-A-R-K-L-A-B-S. And that's probably the easiest place to send me a message on. Awesome. And I'll, I'll put your, uh, your website and LinkedIn profile in the description of the podcast too. So our listeners can find it easily there. So thanks again, Brendan. Great, great stuff today. Great. Thank you for having me, Nate. Yeah. And listeners, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. We'll see you next time on the Navigating Business Podcast. Mm-hmm.